0: Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, it's a great episode. You know how we have a very winnable race coming up for Stacey Abrams? Well, this episode will tell you how. Hillary Holly. Hillary is the executive director of Care in Action, a nonprofit, nonpartisan group dedicated to fighting for dignity and fairness. For the millions of domestic workers in the United States, most of whom are women of color and immigrant women. Hillary is a proud Georgia native who has dedicated over half of her 30 years working in Georgia's movement spaces, including helping to launch and working on the historic 2018 Stacey Abrams campaign. Prior to joining Care in Action, Hillary served as Director of Organizing and Strategic Advisor at Fair Fight Action winning Georgia in 2020, and installing a democratic federal trifecta. Hillary also serves on the boards of Emerge Georgia and States United PAC, an organization dedicated to supporting states' voter protection efforts. And Lord knows we need her more now than ever. I'm so excited for you to hear her on the show. Also returning friends... Yes, it's been a long time. He's one of the funniest comedians I know. And yes, he's another man for the month. Mike Britt, Brooklyn-born. He got a startup at the Uptown Comedy Club in Harlem. You may have seen him in Boardwalk Empire. He has appeared on Comedy Central Presents. And he's known as the singer of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt theme song. And currently, you can see him on HBO Max's That Damn Michael Che show. Also, make sure you catch him as he records his hour at the New York Comedy Club on October 2nd. That's right. Check him out. Mike Britt. Go to NewYorkComedyClub.com and get those tickets. I want to thank all of our listeners and friends like us because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, review and rate us there on apple podcast subscribe make sure you turn on the auto download function for friends like us for apple Podcasts. you can email us at friends like us at gmail our instagram is friends like us podcast and twitter is friends like us 10 become more than a friend leave us a tip or donation just go to our patreon page go to patreon backslash friends like us special shout out to those patreon friends it's because of you we keep going and now available on patreon our golden friends can watch our recording yes live don't walk run merch is available we have t-shirts hoodies coffee mugs face masks tank tops They're all available. Just go to marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live every Saturday with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, my wacky friend, Dave Juskow. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave us reviews. We have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by and sometimes... We even offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. Get all those vaccines. I mean, get very vaccinated. You got the booster out there. You got the monkey pox vaccine. You know, hey, you know, polio, get that one too. And Black Lives Matter. And welcome to Friends Like Us. You both are so awesome and I can't wait for this.
1: <laughs> wait a minute. Is that I've your, thi- is that like your theme
0: song? No, I've just been silly. Like I did that with last week. I thought I could do it again. You know, once is the, the charm. We have new, a new friend and also a returning friend that hasn't been here for a long time. Returning friend, Mike Brett has not been here since the very beginning, which you mentioned to me that you were like, you know, you're the man of the month because it is a women podcast. And once a month we have a period, which you are the period. Thank you. I
1: don't know. Do I got to be called the period? Your period is it, the
0: monthly. You're the monthly. Oh, that's
1: better. The monthly. <laughs> the period is not even a guest. You already know they're coming.
2: <laughs>
0: I know, right? You never know, you never know what type of period is gonna be, though.
1: Okay. I'll
0: tell you what, it's a light flow today. Good to know.
1: Oh God. I, I need another pair of earphones. I don't want to hear none of this shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's a women podcast. I'm you in your out world. It.
1: I'm in your world. I put, my, yes, I, you I put are. my testosterone in the closet. we good. Let's go. Come on, Jim, Let's do this.
0: <laughs> and Hillary. Hillary Holly, which first time meeting you, but like I was saying before we started, like it is truly an honor to have you here because of all of the work that you do that is very necessary in this day and age of what is going on with voting. Very crucial time for voting. Also, the fact that you're a woman of color. You know, we're under attack nonstop with our voting. So can you tell us a little a little bit about the organization? that you are a part of? Because I could read, but everyone knows I'm horrible at it. Well, yes, first,
2: um, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's such a critical conversation to have. Um, So I'm the executive director of Care in Action, where we um, and our sister um, organization, the National Domestic Workers Alliance, we represent over 250,000 domestic workers across the nation. So think the folks who clean our homes, the folks that watch our kids, um, the folks that take care of our elders when they can no longer take care of themselves. Um, we represent all of those people. And we know they're primarily women, primarily women of color. And however, what I do on my side i run our political arm and our political home for our workers so what i do with our team at care in action is i help elect women of color um, from around the country from all the way from state legislative um, fights to governors to u.s senators um uh, members of congress and But not only do we help get them elected, we then turn around and hold them accountable to make sure that they are then passing the policies and working towards the policies that our domestic workers desperately, desperately need. So that's the work at Care in Action. I love, love, love this work. It's it's what I feel like I was born to do.
0: I thought of this brilliant question, which (laughs) I like calling myself brilliant sometimes. But before I was like, you know, what was the catalyst? For you doing this because <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> you was waiting you for that, that word,
1: huh? You said, "When can I use? Cat- uh, uh, when uh, can uh. I use catalyst?" Here it
0: is.
1: you have no idea how
0: excited I get. <laughs> when till I get, I a get big to. Word. Wait till I
1: get to indemnified. Then we're gonna talk.
0: <laughs> now what's that? Oh no, but what was the catalyst? Because I know, like for me and everyone on my show knows, like I got involved with community board in Harlem, and not really involved with them, but I. I was actually disappointed with them. And then I joined the task force in Harlem with a woman. Her name is Kristen for Harlem. And she's very progressive because I had a noise problem, noise issue. And that was the catalyst for me. And then all these things open up. What was it for you? There were
2: two moments. Um, The first is, so I'm a Georgia native, born and raised, never lived anywhere else outside of Georgia. And... When I was 19, I moved to the city of Atlanta to attend Georgia State University. And at this moment in time, this was 2010, 2011, the city of Atlanta was seeing massive gentrification that was actually happening under the watch of Black people. So I was watching our poor Black folks being sold out to developers by rich Black folks. And I was like, this ain't right. And I saw the way that our community was changing and the way that our culture was changing. And during that time, we would do a lot of direct actions. And then we would see the Black folks in power sticking the police on us. And I was like, y'all are weaponizing Atlanta Police Department on those of us who are just trying to be there to support our poor Black folks who deserve to stay in their homes. So that was the first catalyst where I was like, I need to get involved because this isn't right. But then second, after 2016, we, Georgia was in a very fascinating place where after Trump was elected, we had probably the first big election, which was John Ossoff's election. And that was the first time Georgia really got a lot of national attention on our potential. And... I met at that time, this woman named Stacey Abrams, who everyone now knows, but I met her in 2016, 2017. And she wanted to bring the movement builders into her campaign from the beginning to start a movement around this campaign. And originally I said no to helping her because at that time, Georgia Democrats, y'all, they were obsessed with white moderate people. They they would talk to black folks last minute. They would rarely talk to black men at all. They would just rely on black women showing up. So they were obsessed with the, this idea that white moderates will one day come back to the Democratic Party. And that just wasn't true. And so I th- I said no, because I was like, I'm not gonna waste my time trying to convince racist white people to vote for this black woman. Like, I would rather spend my time doing things that are actually impactful. But it turns out that was her strategy. was to ditch the old white moderate strategy and focus on our people and focus on our base. So I was like, okay, word, like I'm sold. And I think, and like I said, I was to help get her elected, but then we saw voter suppression happen and that devastated me because that was the first time in my life, y'all, where I saw people in Georgia excited, like really excited since the Obama years. And so I just knew, I was like, y'all, we have to keep this movement going. So that's what's been driving me since 2016. And and then we all know what happened. Georgia gave this country a fighting chance. And um, and because we can show our power, that's why I'm like doubling down now. So my catalyst was Black folks treating poor Black folks poorly. And then the other catalyst was, oh, we can finally prove Georgia's political power in, in a way. Um, where people are actually listening.
0: I am so proud of you, and I am so glad you said it exactly that way because that is exactly what's going on in Harlem. We have been sold out by our own people in the community. Absolutely, it is, it is disgusting. So, Mike, you're in you're in Brooklyn. No, are you seeing I, no.
1: this? I moved to Jersey now. wow well, Yeah, I'm, I'm in Inglewood now. I'm out of Brooklyn. Do you see
0: it in Inglewood? Yeah, it's that's everywhere.
1: Not so much out here, but that's one of the reasons we got out of Brooklyn. Not to mention everything's super expensive now in Brooklyn, but everybody's getting pushed out. It it didn't make any sense. And then you look at the rents, you're like, hold up, I know this block. And they want $3,500 for what? So it's like, it's not regulated. So landlords, they can do whatever they want to do. And you notice the slick. Years ago, you used to get three-year leases. They stopped that. It's like, nah, one year, because then they increase it like 3 to 4% every year. So that was the first BS. I was like, "Well, how about You didn't
0: this? get the option for two years? No.
1: Now, most landlords now, they don't do that. It's one year, and we'll see you again in a year, see what's up, and give you that increase. So that's what it's at now. And people, I just watched a lot of people just get pushed out. I remember, the, I used to do a joke about, I used to come down um, off the bridge through Bed-Stuy. And I remember the first time—not even recently, a few years ago—I saw white people out three o'clock in the morning walking down Gates Avenue, and I was like, "Shit, changing." They ain't look scared or nothing. They look real comfortable. There was a lady. I—we I, just—we just came back from celebrating our anniversary in the Bahamas.
0: Oh, I love your wife. Congratulations. Yeah, right.
1: but um, <laughs> this lady, <laughs> this lady in Best style just so happens, right? But she's been in Best style forever. She said. They just came in and started. She said, one white lady knocked on her door, and she said, uh, you, you're going to you're gonna have to keep the, the the noise down or something. And she was like, excuse me? No, I'm sorry. She knocked on her door and said, she opened the door. She said, do you live here? She knocked on her door. She's like, yeah, what are you talking about? Do I live here? She said, yeah, but well, you're going to have to keep the, the noise down. so." She said, I ain't got to do shit. What you talking about I got to do they took over the park. If you know Tompkins Park, Tompkins Park is right. a hangout park, right? They took over Tompkins Park, turned it into like a dog park. She said one lady, another neighbor of hers that's been living there all the time, she went and got a bullhorn. And she had a bullhorn out the window over the park. Get your ass out of our goddamn park. I walk <laughs> in that motherfucker if I want to. Get your ass out the park. So <laughs> I was dying laughing, but, but that's what's happening. And the yeah. attitude is like, it's like they were there already. That's the funny part. They're looking at you, you've been here, but they're looking at you like, uh, we need this to change. What is this over here? You're like, this is my neighborhood. What do you mean, what is this? But this happened all over. It happened to us a long time ago in Brooklyn because not gentrification, when the Jews, Hasidic, and Orthodox came and moved people out by neighborhood. If you go where I live now, it's primarily Jewish. They got their own school. And my block that I used to live on, well, up the street from the block I used to, the block I left before I left uh, to go to Jersey. That block, not much. They bought all the buildings on on that block. You know what I'm saying? So you see it. And when you see it, you're like, yeah, this is crazy. But it's our fault, too. Yes. We give up our properties.
2: There's a lot of education that needs to happen. But also when when Black folks in New York started getting pushed out, that impacted Atlanta in our metro area. Because I remember all of a sudden we were getting a huge influx. It was like opposite migration. So we started seeing a bunch of Black folks and Latinx folks coming down to metro Atlanta from New York. Because they were like, it's too expensive there, but Georgia's cheap. And so the developers in Georgia... Took advantage of that. They were like, "Well, these people are used to these amount of rates, so let's just go ahead and set that, even though they're saving money." But for us, who had lived here for so long, and the wages, you know, it, it just, it just had a ripple effect, including in the South.
1: I was just about to say, it is amazing how things have a ripple effect in some place that you're not even thinking is connected. But that's why people, those spiritual people, understand the universe is all connected. We're all connected. We don't act like it, but we are. You know, we're we're one we're once or twice removed. We we right near each other, even though we're hundreds and thousands of miles away, and especially with the internet now. You see, there is no separation. We are connected now, literally. Look at us right now. Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, this is not this is not happening. But we are connected now, unfortunately. But.
0: I, I have found it just to be such a learning experience. Like you said, the way to educate yourself, like Hillary, like what you were talking about is, you know, what I found with the community board when I first addressed them. Now, I was dealing with the noise complaint issue. I was the one complaining about noise, by the way, but it wasn't about the park. It wasn't about the neighborhood. It was about a white owned business that was um, underneath the building That moved in afterwards, taking a lot of liberties and displacing people who lived in the building who could not sleep or get peace of mind. And it was exactly um, a way of also getting people out because the landlord turns a blind eye to your complaints and they go, oh, well, you know, if you don't like it, you can move. And I realized I was like, this is also a tactic. That they use to get people out because, you know, a, a, a white owned business taking liberties in a building and sort of like behind my building, the the uh, the privilege of that and sort of the uh, the arrogance of that. Like I, I was just like, we live here, too. You cannot just do whatever you want. And you, and. Sure enough, now they have three businesses on Frederick Douglass Boulevard and I told the community board, I said they were listed as a black owned business. Wow. And they told me recently, this is what they said to me. Well, you know, when you presented that, you seemed kind of biased.
1: Now, information is biased. Yes. Information is information, it, ha- it has no side it's taking. It's like the truth. That's why I state about myself and don't have conversations with people like, because people are stupid. And then they say dumb things like that. Like, you, then you expect you to. That landlord could have had that business coming. He could have paid him to come in there. Like you said, as a tactic to get people out. Sure. And then and it's also- and they always start with, well, you know, bullshit is coming when you hear, well, we say something racial and then they're like, well, I've heard that so many times. Well, Mike, you know, you did yell at him. Yeah, but he caught me, nigga. Oh, yeah, that part. But you did yell. When you hear, well, I know bullshit is coming right behind, well.
0: So, Hillary, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, start with that. Well, well um, yeah. <laughs> and it's, we, God, we do, how do you, so I had to learn how to communicate, right, in these situations. So, Hillary, how did you, how do you help others to communicate or how do you help them to advocate for themselves?
2: Yeah, this is one thing we, we, <laughs> So after the 2018 elections in Georgia, black and brown voters were devastated, right? They were like, wait, hold on. We waited eight hour long lines. Like we saw how many people had to leave line to go back to work, pick up their kids. Or people were like, wait, we went to go vote. But the same polling location we voted out in we voted at in May was gone by the time we went to go vote again, that, that November, you know, so you like, Y'all probably saw the reports of voter suppression, but the people in Georgia saw it. Like they they felt it and they know it was real regardless of the data, you know? Like they didn't need the data and the reports to prove what they saw and felt with their own eyes. And that's one reason why we had to keep the movement going because I, they were so upset. They knew that it was wrong. And they were like, well, we need to do something about this. So one thing, one of the first things I did in early 2019 in Georgia, what were, well, two things. One, I put I put Stacey Abrams on a road trip across the whole state of Georgia just for us to tell people thank you. Thank you for believing in her. Thank you for waiting in those lines. Thank you for using your voice. Thank you for showing up, you know? Because like I said, that was the first time we had seen excitement in Georgia since 2008. Like in 2016, Democrats didn't do anything in Georgia at all at all and but the second thing I did the most I think the most well putting Stacey on the road and saying thank you was really really important but I was recruiting people to then join volunteer trainings so I think it was like February or March I held this big ass I held two big trainings one in Atlanta and one in Macon Georgia and they were trainings on how to advocate for around voting rights because I, you know, it's hard to advocate. So one, I had to show, I had to teach them election law essentially. So I brought in people from the ACLU to teach them, here's how elections work. There's a thing called the Board of Election in each county. Here's what they are in charge of. Here's what the states in charge of. And then we had to teach them, how do you get in front of these people? So we had to teach them, here's how you find the Board of Election meetings in your community. Here's where you can find the state secretary of states meeting so you can attend those meetings, all of which have hearings. So then once we taught them what the voting rights laws are, what's discriminatory about them, and then where the decisions are decided, which is at the county level and the state level, we then had to teach them how to advocate, right? How to get their attention. So we taught them how to, what is the message you want to convey? How do you convey that message? Um, How do you do the follow up? Um, You know, how do you convince other people in in your neighborhoods to join you also you know they're not they're only going to listen to you so much in those hearings what are some of the other things that you can do outside of the hearing so we taught them how do you write a letter to the editor saying that you're mad that they shut your polling location down and now you gotta t- travel 20 miles to go vote in a rural area where folks can't afford gas right so i did two trainings and i did one in atlanta and one in macon because people like to think that in Georgia, every like, no Black folks live outside of Atlanta. And when I tell you that's such a lie, over 50% of the Black folks in Georgia live in rural areas. So I had to take it to Macon. And then I also helped provide transportation so people from Valdosta and Albany and Savannah, they could actually go up there and meet us in Macon. And then, and I just kept doing that, y'all. I did that training in March, or May, I then did it again um, before elections in 2019. <laughs> and then I did it again in 2020. Like, I just, I stay providing trainings.
1: What I was gonna say- This is th- mind blowing. Yeah, it is. Do you ever, and it's funny you said that, this is kind of like, it's not a question, it's kind of a question statement. Does it, I know it's me, it, it's, 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 it's tough being Black right now. To the point where, do you ever sit down and go, I'm sitting here in the 21st century, dealing with voter suppression. We already had a black president and now I'm dealing with voter suppression. To me, it feels like things are going backwards. It's very strange.
0: It was after he became president that they realized they needed to suppress the right. I was like,
1: this is crazy. We're going to be on a plantation soon. It's really nuts. And I think people need to pay attention to the direction it's going. Look at the, and that's why we got Karens and stuff. They feel empowered now to speak out. They had these feelings all along, but nobody was there to tell them, go well, say that. Now then Trump came along, and that, now now we are, I oh, know we're going to get to it, that now we're questioning elections. Never before. But now all of a sudden, every election, so when you lose, it's almost like we treating elections like kids. Like, no, everybody gets a participation trophy. No, there has to be a loser. It's a weird world we're living in right now. It's very strange.
2: I like to say, you know, after the 2020 election, so Georgia delivered the White House, and Absolutely. we and we flipped the U.S. Senate. Right. Give it up for
1: give it up for Georgia. <laughs> Come on, Georgia,
2: Georgia. And it was <laughs> black
1: folks. <laughs> That's what I was singing with that.
2: <laughs> and you know, and you know what's a fun fact in the U.S. Senate runoffs, more black people in rural Georgia voted in the runoff than the actual presidential election. Wow. So when people, when people say, who is the one that saved America, I'm like Southwest Georgia. And I can, and I have the data to prove it all day.
1: Very good (laughs) pinpoint.
2: But to your point earlier, I like to, after we won, we took one week off. I took one week off after the insurrection because a bitch needed to rest and our whole team needed to rest. When we came back in the Georgia Capitol, they had filed over 30 anti-voter bills that week. By the end of the month, there were over 50 in Georgia. And then I think by the end of February, there were over 400 anti-voting bills in 43 states. So it was a rise of Jim Crow 2.0. And 400? 400? Over 400 anti-voting bills across who, the who's, country. Who's
0: they? Who is, who is who's who's the, these are the people.
2: Know who they is. So, it's the right wing. So, listen.
1: <laughs> no they. Is.
2: Racist white people.
1: That's who they is.
2: Who are incredibly strategic and thoughtful. One of my friends, her name's Ensay Ufat, she runs the New Georgia Project, and she says this is we're no longer in the Jim Crow era. We're in the Jim Crow Esquire era. <laughs> Because it's these white boys who are like the Heritage Foundation, these big white boy think tanks, and they're looking at the data. They're literally being so meticulous. Okay, if we and they'll draft the legislation. So they'll look at the data and say, okay, we shut down this many polling locations in this area. That will allow us to elect the can't like the Republican right-wing candidate in that area. And they, or someone says, I can shutting down polling locations. It's let's look at So for example, in Georgia, there's this law called exact match that goes back and forth. So if you have a hyphen in your name, so if you're like a woman who's like, I want to hyphenate my name, or if you have an accent mark above a letter, which black and brown folks, we love, we have we mm. accent marks above our names. Exoticians. And if um if on your ID, it doesn't have that hyphen or it doesn't have that accent mark, but the voter database has it. They'll reject your voter registration status. So I'm telling you, they're getting real creative. So, yeah, yes. they're trying to
1: find any little, any little thing. Yeah. So they
2: do that. They then go and draft a sample piece of legislation, and they go and just deliver it to all the Republicans who are willing to introduce it into their state legislature. Exact match. Exact match yep um so in georgia they tried to get rid of automatic voter registration they tried to ban absentee ballots which are elderly yep because y'all saw what they tried to do with the mail-in ballots in 2020 they we had drop boxes so people could submit their absentee ballots safely and like from getting COVID, they started taking up those drop boxes and then trump and his team starts messing with the postal service to slow down the mail mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, so that yeah. people's vote by mail ballots wouldn't get there in time i'm telling you these people are creative and they're these think tanks that are well funded by the you know billionaire donors who have these capitalist mindsets that they're trying to preserve because what's also happening in this because what yes obama was the beginning of this but the census numbers that came out in 2020 scared the fuck out of people another fun fact in georgia by 2026 or 2028 there are going to be more people of color in georgia than white people
1: right that's why we recently (laughs) that's what the abortion laws. about white people are scared they're getting eliminated that's all they don't care about these women getting abortions. They care about getting knocked out of here. That's what the problem is. I told a white dude that he didn't believe it. I told a white comic that he didn't. He was like, really? Because they always like dumbfounded when you tell them factual stuff. He's like, I don't know. Then in, then in a day later, it showed a, a, a article in the paper and a dude actually kind of said it. And then I sent it to him, and he was like, Oh. I was like, Yeah, I mean, I am making up stuff. It's happening, bro. So you white, you don't see it. You don't have to see it. But we uh, even if we don't want to see it. They're gonna make us see it.
0: Now TB, who is a guest backstage, hi TB, says this is why I tell people here in Oregon to never vote for RS. So Republicans. Oh, Republican senators. The moment they get into power, the the first time they'll do is destroy our excellent vote vote by mail system with easy registration. Yes. So so what are you doing to like? Because of like what Mike just said, the ignorance is out there. I mean, I do what I can to educate myself. But, you know, day to day, we are just coming out of a pandemic. People are exhausted. People are trying to just get back to work and live their own lives. Black people specifically, you we know, we're dealing with mental wellness. How do you strategically inform people? Because let me tell you, lack of information is intentional. Of course.
1: The paywalls. When they say you want to keep the truth from Black people, hide it in mm-hmm. a library. Remember that? Yeah, that's true.
2: Mm-hmm. And then shut down our and not fund our libraries, so there aren't any in our neighborhoods.
1: Of course, yeah.
2: So, so
0: Hillary, how do you? Yeah. So, how
2: we do this? We get real creative, okay. So, let me. I'm like to name a few. One at Karen Action, we have our culture change um, department where we work with Hollywood, we work with content creators, micro influencers, um, celebrities, etc., to educate them on how to vote, but also what's happening. And we collaborate with them to help make sure that their content is adequately, um, addressing the issues that are happening. So for example, um, you know, like I said, we represent hundreds of thousands of domestic workers. We worked very closely. Y'all remember the Netflix show made Mm -hmm. like we, like our team worked with the writers and the showrunner to make sure that Maid was like really describing what domestic workers go through. Same thing with the movie Roma. I work, we work very closely with all the celebrities who then pull their managers together so then I can come on and give them briefings like here are the important election dates, here's what's on the table, here's what's going on in Congress. And like, and I help plug them in. So one, it's like inserting ourselves into the culture. Right. Because people aren't people are tired of watching the news. I don't like watching the news and I'm in this work yeah. <laughs> like yeah, right?
1: absolutely. my wife hates it.
2: Right. And so we have to inject ourselves into culture Two, I physically meet people where they are at. So a couple things that we do. So, for example, in South Carolina, to your point. Black and brown folks is tired and they're struggling. So what we do when school, so when school was about to start in South Carolina, our team did school supply drives, giving away free supplies, come get free book bags, free supplies. And while they're there, we're like, listen, because we care about you, which is why we're here giving y'all supplies to help your children. We need you to know there are important elections this year. And, and but we be honest with them, but he, here's the nitty gritty. We tell them straight up, voting might not solve everything, okay? Like, cause black folks know that, right? Black folks, we saved America from Donald Trump and we and we're getting tiny, tiny things, right? We have to admit it's not gonna change everything. However, like there are important elections happening where if you vote, it's one way, one way to help get some type of change into your community. And I always like to say, I always, and then I like to educate them on what the midterm elections are about. Because I'm like, y'all, yes, voting for the president of the United States is important, but voting for your school board, they're the ones that are gonna make sure that the black school gets the same amount of funding as a white school up the street. That that impacts your life the most, right? Same thing with governors who deal with state agency budgets, et cetera. So I show up in these neighborhoods all the time. So we have seven state directors across the country and they're in the community every like <laughs> every day. And then we also pay people to knock doors. So we hire canvassers, we pay them 15 to 20 bucks an hour to knock on doors all day to tell them here's what's going on. We have elections coming up. We know y'all are tired, but we need y'all to show up because it does have some kind of impact in your life and we need you to be around. So, and then, and then that doesn't even touch like the paid digital that we do. So I do digital ads where, and I don't do those digital ads where it's like, Brian Kemp is racist. You know, like those ones where you're (laughs) like, man, if I don't mute this shit, like, I'm not talking about the same
1: voice too. Yeah.
2: I can't stand those. But what I like to do is I like to get black folks. Like, let's say if I'm trying to take out an ad that where I want young black men to get that message. I'm not going to put myself in that ad. I'm going to go to my brother's friends in Gwinnett County, and they're going to be the ones talking amongst themselves about what matters to them. I'm going to be in the corner being quiet, just making sure that we're getting everything on tape. And then I take out ads on YouTube, on Instagram, like where they are, because they're not watching, you know, cable news. That's right. Right. <laughs> TikTok. Right. Yeah. Right. So I like to inject ourselves into culture, physically be where the people are at like HBCU games, like football games, basketball games, community events, but then also using social media and putting money behind it and targeting the audiences that Democrats don't know how to talk to.
1: Holly, you need to start your you need to start your own organization and call it Hollywood. but <laughs> spell W O U L D. The hyphen in between the Holly and the Wood.
2: Well, I'll say care and action. That's why I wanted to come here because they were like, Hillary, what is your vision? Like, he- here's the organization. What is your vision? We want you, we want to support your vision that you have. So I was lucky to find a home that already exists so I can just come in with this badass team and go and do all these things that I'm telling y'all about. All
1: right, we want to branch off. Think about Hollywood now. I don't want no money for the name. I don't want no money for the name. You can use it. I ain't going to take you to court and be like that and bring Marina. Guy. Marina, who gave her that shit? <laughs> well, you
0: can take it. Speaking of court, thank you, Mike, for because I was going to ask you about some of the litigations on this corruption. What are some of the things that you've won just to sort of spin it off in a, in a hopeful way? Yes. Okay.
2: One of the best things that I was ever involved in is in... <sighs> 2019, when everyone and their mama was running for president for the Democrats, right? It was like, what, 12, 13 folks running for president. What was going on in Georgia, so I always knew Georgia was gonna be the one to save the country, period. Like, if you would've asked me in 2019 how it was gonna play out, I literally, like, I always knew. I I I like to call it like the Georgia ancestors were talking to us and we just be knowing shit, okay? (laughs) We just know shit.
1: That's why my wife's (laughs) big on the ancestors yes big on she's big on that yeah
2: and in georgia or georgia organizers we always lean on the ancestors like we start meetings calling on them it's just how we it's how we work and so in 2019 while the georgia or sorry the national democratic primaries were happening the georgia secretary of state's office was purging voters from the voting rolls i'm talking hundreds of thousands of people They call it list maintenance. So basically there was this, there was this, speaking of Jim Crow 2.0, there was this, there was this law or rule. There was this rule in Georgia where if you don't vote in a certain amount of years, they will remove you from the voting roll. So basically if you don't use it, you lose it.
1: That's crazy. That affects
0: white voters too though, right? Everybody.
1: That's ridiculous. They just did that to my wife at Victoria's Secret. Mm Mm-hmm. She didn't use a card in a while, then they took it away. I'm like, you're going to do that with voting? They do this with That's your fundamental
2: crazy. right to vote as a U.S. citizen. But
1: it goes back to what you said. They use it. They're trying to find any little tactic.
2: And listen, it gets even better. Well, it gets even worse for Black folks. Well, the year, the amount of years in order to trigger the use it or lose it had exceeded the last time Obama was on the ticket. So let's say if the black person hasn't voted since Obama, by the time 2019 came around, they were going to get purged. Okay.
0: That is, that and
2: is crazy. at this time, like it was re- like voter suppression was like a hot and sexy topic for Democrats to be talking about. So when we learned that there was going to be um, a Democratic primary debate in Atlanta, I was like, oh. If these Democrats are talking about caring about voting, they're going to help. Because at that time, my team at this other organization, when I was still working for Stacey, um, my team was calling these hundreds of thousands of voters to tell them, like, update your voter registration status so you can remain on the rolls. And calling that many people who haven't voted in over 10 years, like, that's hard, right? It's daunting. It's hard. And so I was like, I need them. I need these presidential candidates and their staff to help. So the day after the debate, we got six of these Democratic candidates to come to our phone bank at Ebenezer Baptist Church, where Martin Luther King's home church, and they helped us call over 300,000 voters. And because of that, we saved, I think it was something like 22,000 people from being removed from the voting rolls. Oh, my God. And remember, Joe Biden won Georgia by 11,000 votes
0: whoa that is yes oh my god it's a fight it's a fight it is a fight but this is why i tell people if we
2: if we just continue to fight and like yes take care of yourself restore like i don't want people to burn themselves out but if you continue fighting those small wins y'all like that's how you build power over time
1: i agree yes I agree. Thank
0: you so, oh my God. It's a really, it's such an honor to have you on this show. I am I feel like really blessed. I mean, like I was telling Mike, I could have just done a podcast where I'm just being funny all the time. But then over the years, especially during the pandemic, I was like, what is... Uh-huh. You know, we got to help people. We got to inform people. It's really necessary. Thank you for what you're doing. I swear to God, we got to we're working on this in New York. I I see it. I see it happening in different places. I am you know, I want to protect you, too. What are you doing? Because I, I know these boys are evil. These 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 white evil people out there, you need security. Well, listen, I mean, we
2: I take our security very seriously. Right. So um, anytime we, and, and this is one thing, this is, we've always needed security, right? Like, black folks, we've never been safe, especially if we're doing the outreach in these communities where in rural areas, right? Like, if you, if you travel 10 more minutes down that street, like, basically, like the KKK, it might not be the actual KKK, but it's like, it's their grandkids, right? Like, it's they KKK down the Cousin. street.
1: Yeah. KKK and, <laughs>
2: so like when i when we're over here fundraising to do this voter outreach i always have to tell them y'all we need additional resources simply for security so because like i have to think about it when i work with our data team when we're creating we call it turf for our canvassers to go and knock on we have to be really careful when we're thinking about which doors we're sending people to knock and that takes like, we, so that means that our data teams, we had to expand our data teams because I don't want to put our people in danger. Also, like the cybersecurity is real, but the physical security. And I remember one thing in 2020, there was this organization called, it's a funder organization. So it's these rich people who want to get, like, actually do some radical shit with their money. They started a security fund where no application, all you had to do was say, I have people that need physical security and they would cut us a check and they put a million dollars in that fund. And I remember they were like, Hillary, we still have a million dollars sitting in this fund. Do people not need money for security? So I went and pinged all the black organizations in Georgia and I was like, y'all, here's some money for security. It was gone in a day and so that's the other thing like when when I talk to the white specifically donors I always have to I'm like y'all <laughs> you, I don't need I don't just need your money to send mail or take out radio ads like I also need your money to protect our staff um, because it's hard work.
1: Have you had an incident yourself?
2: You know there in 2020 things got scary you know like. You, put,
1: you had to put hands on a bitch? No. <laughs> 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 oh, <my goodness. laughs> Becky, neck I,
2: for this day. So, so here's my thing. I don't waste my time with those people. Like, I, I, if I'm ever about to fight somebody, it's they're saying some stupid shit. Like, oh, Stacey Abrams can't win in Georgia. I'll fight people over that, <laughs> right? But to be serious, like with the with the dangerous people, you know, I there have been times where some like one time someone called my brother's phone looking for me. And that was that was a, that was a bit rough there. The way the real and here's the other way they target you. Like I said, my friend Nse says Jim Crow Esquire is through the courts. So I'm constantly being subpoenaed all the time, like through open litigation. Right. So let's say if some voting rights organization had to sue a state for some voting law, there's a discovery period, right? Where, so you can go and request documents. They'll intentionally name me just to see what we're talking about. A lot of times the lawyers will then fight like, what does this have to do with the court case, right? But I've been named in subpoenas. Uh, They've had to go through my emails. I've had my phone hacked. Like I remember one time in 2020, I had my phone sitting on the table and you could see someone trying to guess my passcode
1: that's oh my God. crazy
2: and i thought i was losing my mind but when my friends saw it they were like yo what's going on with your phone i was like oh they're just trying to hack my shit
1: again yeah that's real it's it that's it's real stuff that happened to my um my wife because people be going in your phone right so she was like every time i bring up something these girls be saying it so she did it one day just to bring up something that wasn't you know what I'm saying what just to see and one of them repeated it and she was like mm-hmm on my phone somehow. So people, there's oh, wow. yeah, a lot of stuff going on out here. And people, sometimes, she don't like my phone. She has an iPhone, I have an Android. She don't like my phone, because sometimes my phone will be, just pop on. You know, the microphone symbol will pop on. And then it. one time I saw, it, a couple times I saw it, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's voice to text. So what I said was on the screen. So I'm like, hold on, man. I wasn't talking to nobody. I was just watching TV, but it heard what I said. Another time I was in my car, and all of a sudden, the phone said, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. And I was like, I wasn't even talking to your ass. Who's talking to me? <laughs> it's like my wife was in the car, but she wasn't. Oh, we
0: are always under surveillance. So
1: it's, it is. It's real scary out here now. You know, that's why I was wondering now. did uh, So no bus pulled up in front of your house like they did Kamala? They ain't no. driving
0: nobody. up No. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. We're actually before we get to that. Thank you for that, Mike. Mike, you're so brilliant. You just go right into. The, but I do want to. Before we get to that, I do want to ask you about the governor's race right now. Is saying you know it's too close to call for. Um, so the race for Georgia governor is still deadlocked, according to Quinnipiac University poll. I always wonder about these polls, by the Especially way. Especially that likely Georgia. V- yeah, I'm like, who are oh, they? Who's that? Who yeah. did it? And where are they at? And are they? I need to know who they are. Um, of likely Georgia voters in politically crucial race that parallels the U.S. Senate race in this, in that state. Of those polled, Governor Brian Kemp has 50% and another 48% say they support Democratic challenger Stacey Abrams. So where what's going, what's on? going on? It's close. So listen,
2: this race is so winnable. And the other thing, I'm so glad you brought up just who is polling one thing mm-hmm. i always have to remind people or a few things one georgia had been ignored as a political state my entire life like this is like people paying attention in georgia is brand new it, it's like <laughs> since like the jimmy carter days like i like literally and so and the the majority of georgia voters are people of color And so one, like I said earlier, rural Black folks, that's the bedrock of our base. And it's hard to pull them because y'all, rural Georgia, they don't have broadband. Do you know how hard it is to access the internet in rural Georgia? It is sad, right? So one, I always have to tell people, and then also with um, Latinx voters are huge bloating Um, voting block in Georgia. So with the same with Asian American voters and a lot of these people, y'all English is not their first language. And so polling, like getting real polling, that's actually reflective of what's happening on the ground in Georgia is still being um, crystallized. Like a lot of people who do these polls, they don't know how to adequately poll Georgia voters and the demographic that's actually making these critical differences. However, with that being said, even with people not vote, like not polling adequately, we're still neck to neck. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, if Stacey's down three points, then she's probably not going to win. I always have to tell people, y'all, when you see polls in Georgia that tight, that means that we're actually winning. Winning. However, we need more investment because that—that's when you really got to take off running. So when I see those polls come out, I'm like, "Holy shit, we're about to win!" But I need to hire more canvassers to go and knock on more doors in these rural areas because I'm telling people this race might come down to a thousand votes. A, a thousand? thousand votes. Joe Biden won the White House by 11, eleven thousand votes in Georgia.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: How can somebody? that's in another state impact races like this like how could other states help another state get it done you yeah know, outside of Georgia
0: through friends like us no <laughs> one
1: <laughs>
2: a couple things and thank you thank you for this question a couple things one I need everyone to believe that we can win like I and I and I really I need everyone to be like black people in the South have always have always been saving this country, y'all. Black people everywhere, but like the labor movement started in the South, the civil rights movement started in the South. We saved the fucking U.S. Senate like two years ago. So I need everyone to believe because when we have everyone talking about us actually being able to win, that's and we need. We need money. So like, and I know folks is hurting, but I'm telling you, $5. <laughs> if we have people in other states just giving us five dollars a month. That like every cause that that five dollars, y'all, is gonna then go to someone's door being knocked.
0: And where where is that? Where do you send it? Care action dot us
2: <laughs> because <laughs> well because what, what we are doing at Care in Action, y'all, I am prioritizing these rural black voters and latinx voters and asian american voters and that is expensive it is very expensive for me to pay people to knock on doors where there's one door like in rural georgia there's one door in this neighborhood but then they got to drive 15 miles down the street to go to the next door that's not cheap also when my team is out there talking to um like when we're in these really diverse neighborhoods, we have to have different types of materials that one in Spanish, one that might oh, be in yeah. Korean, one yeah. might then in, in Vietnamese.
1: You got to pay for that.
2: I got to pay for that. No. So I'm not just asking for money Care
0: in action. U.S. U.S.
1: Dot U.S. Now,
0: if you don't know how to spell care and action, just in case, it's they don't C-A-R-E. Need your vote. Don't say no. that. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> don't, Mike, come on now. C-A-R-E-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N-U-S. Okay, yep. so get it right. Oh, that's why, that's why that's they don't
1: right like you right to read. That's why yeah, no, I, no. I saw it now. Um, you saw it. I was going to ask, ask you something and about And then,
2: it. if people have time... That's the other thing. So if you have additional time, there are so many organizations that are that text voters. Right. So what we like to do here in Georgia is say early early voting starts October 17th. They get a little text on that and then they get sent their polling location options. If you have time, volunteer with an organization in Georgia, such as care and action. And we will ask you to do volunteer activities from your living room. So like, I know people in New York from 2020 y'all, they were just sitting on their phone, watching Netflix, just texting with Georgia voters. Like there are ways and then post on social media. So let's say if you give $5, post on your social media account, yo, I just gave five bucks to Karen Action. Can you give five bucks to Karen Action? Because they need to knock on doors and that shit's expensive.
1: Now you said that fifty percent of the voters in Georgia are black, right? And they're in the rural and they're in a rural area, right? So why isn't there why isn't there funding for bandwidth? So they'll be able to be connected. Because if that's a major problem, they don't have the connection, why don't some of the money be, you know, hit up people like we need to put towers up? So,
2: so that's a fun thing. Great question. One of, so one, there's one organization that's doing that in Georgia and it's called fair count and fair count was created by Stacey Abrams. So you all, after she lost the first governor's race, she started three organization because she don't play. <laughs> so one was the one right. that I worked with, but this one, one of the three was called fair count. And they were primarily stood up to help with the 2020 census because the 2020 census was primarily conducted through the Internet. And Stacy knew rural areas don't have Internet. So what Fair Count did is they stood up Wi-Fi towers in these rural areas so people could fill out the census. But luckily, they had enough funding to keep these Wi-Fi stations up so they could um figure out where to go vote for their election but also y'all like apply for jobs like apply for social services their kids could go and do homework when their school was shut down for COVID.
1: open the world up to them
2: or get covid tests for right. god's sakes yes right? so fair count does do work like that um and that is also expensive so no, but then but then as well, i'm going to put a plug in for Stacey, this is where the governor really can make a difference in black rural folks lives because this is a budget allocation issue okay. so the republicans over the years they haven't cared about getting broadband to rule georgia
1: they don't want it there
2: but stacy the governor the georgia governor has a ton of constitutional power specifically over the budget So even if Stacey wins and there's still a Republican legislature, she might not be able to pass a lot of bills because that takes compromising with Republicans. and You know, they ain't going to try to do nothing with her, but she can take the money and move the money around in an equitable way so black people can actually feel the money that we have. And broadband access is one of them that she's that is a high priority for her.
0: I mean, they just keep moving that you. post. Like like she said so, earlier,
1: they just get creative. They right? get but so we got to be creative. wise to the creations. And don't fall for them. You see it and go, I see what you're doing. And counter it now immediately. S-
0: yeah. Now we see Republicans are refusing to say that they will accept the results. Which is showing us that Trump has set... You know, like, I keep looking at the Ukraine war in Russia. And... It's it's like sad on so many levels. And then. But I also worry of where this is going, because, I, you know, what happens over there, a threat to justice anywhere. I'm seeing it moving. And Russia had a lot to do with our election. And, and the corruption and people need to pay attention to that war and what is going
1: on. You know, I was talking about connection so, earlier. All things are connected. Yeah. How did black people wound up in the issue with the Ukraine war? Because they wouldn't let the Africans go back home. So we always wind up in the bullshit. There's that stuff we don't got nothing to do with us. Right. They was treating the black Africans there crazy talking to them crazy. I'm like, this ain't, ain't got nothing to do with us. I just want to go home. So it's all connected. So the, relu- the reluctance
0: of many GOP candidates to embrace a long-standing tenet of American democracy shows how Trump's assault on the integrity of the United States election has spread far beyond the 2020 presidential race.
1: Glad to see. So the
0: places where this is happening in competitive races for governor are Arizona, Florida, Kansas, Michigan, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas. Mm -hmm. So, or
1: what, or what states?
0: Red states. Well, well, and, but listen up. Well, Michigan's not a red state. A lot of these states, a lot of these states, these are the
2: battleground states.
1: I was going to say battleground states, yeah, not more. And these
2: are all states where the populations lean, the growing populations are, they lean Democrat. So, People think New Hampshire, right? It's a whole bunch of white folks in New Hampshire. The voter suppression in New Hampshire is targeting the young college students. So they don't care if you're young, it don't matter if you're a white young person, I'm telling you, they're coming after your right to vote because you are the voter that's gonna take Democrats over the edge. Same in Texas, y'all. Texas is a battleground state, period. Like Democrats can win in Texas. They might not win this year, but it's in the near future. Arizona, Arizona went for Biden. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's yeah.
2: And so Arizona is like another state that's kind of like Georgia where we're winning. um, We're winning these federal races. So Arizona has Senator Mark Kelly, who's a Democrat. Chris Sinema, she says she's a Democrat, whatever. Um, But then we have a governor. But then Arizona has a Republican governor. So we're so but to Mike's point, these states, y'all, they've selected these states from a very data driven perspective. And so what do we do about it? A couple things. So it's disinformation is a big one. The social media platforms, y'all, has allowed conspiracy theories to go unchecked. And here's the thing. And here's the thing that keeps me up at night. They've done it so successfully with poor white people that they are now doing it to our people, specifically black men.
0: Yes, thank you. I was going to bring that up because there's. I keep hearing black men say how they admire Trump. They voted for. (laughs) And 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 and, or or, but but here's the other thing: the Republicans have gotten so
2: sophisticated that they're actually just trying to get black men not to vote at all. So they're like, you know what? We could spend our money trying to persuade them like more black men to vote for Trump, but we're just okay with them not voting at all. Like we want black men to give up. Yes. And so and the other thing, just to keep it 100 on this call, all of the a lot of the progressive organizations uh, that are fighting disinformation (laughs) because racism lives everywhere, y'all. We know this. The, the people who are getting infiltrated the most with disinformation are Black men and Latinas and Latinos.
0: Yes. And people
2: are focusing. So when we fight disinformation, two things happen, ha- have to happen at the same time. One, we have to hold the platforms accountable to stop these lies in those dangerous, super white, right, white, right-wing militia areas. At the same time, we need to go in and infiltrate our side good information to our black men and our Latinas and our Latinos, because if we like, when we aren't there, the Republicans are, and this is, and so like, I remember one time I was on some, I was getting some prison. Someone was doing a briefing on disinfo and the number one place for disinformation was YouTube. And the number one demographic on YouTube are Black men. But then I would look at the progressive digital ad spending and it was not on YouTube, even though we know YouTube is the hotspot for disinformation targeting our Black men. So I had to go and raise hell and be like, why in the fuck are people not doing more paid Content and going on these YouTube channels to speak to black men and be like, they're fucking lying to y'all, you know, but again, not having black women do it have like so there's like a. just because
0: they don't want to they don't listen to us
2: (laughs) that's that's another episode (laughs) but let's be honest everyone everyone wants to hear from people who look like them right and that's not exclusive to black men and so one so to, to go back to answer your question we have to fight disinformation but we have to fight disinformation in a way that is Equitable to who is actually being targeted the most, which are Black men and Latinx folks. The other way that we have to do it is, y'all, this is, it, it takes, we need a couple things. We have to be in the voter protection space. So it used to just be... Let's just get people out to vote. That used to be the strategy, right? So if you want to volunteer, volunteer to make phone calls and knock on people's doors. And that should be enough. Like and we're talking 2008. Nowadays, it's we need to tell people to go vote, but then we have to volunteer to make sure their vote gets counted. And what that looks like is a couple of ways. One, we need people to be poll workers. Because here's the thing, when all these crazy right-wing people started infiltrating our process, our election process, the good poll workers who actually care in democracy started quitting. Because here's the other thing, y'all. When you go to vote, who's primarily working those polls? Black women. And they were like, we're too old to deal with this bullshit. Mm -hmm. So we we saw a lot of poll workers quitting. And then, or during- Elders. Or during COVID- our elderly black people they were like we can't get sick and so what the right wing did they got a whole bunch of election conspiracy theorists to now be poll workers so if you're able to be a poll worker apply to be a poll worker also I a lot of times I don't make plugs to do to for Democratic Party work but I'm gonna do it here and I'm gonna explain why if you have time to be a poll observer through your state democratic party we need you to do that cuz here and here's why it's really good to do it through your party and most states like Arizona and Georgia each dem, each political party can credential volunteers to be inside a polling location to document what's happening inside if you're not but they only give those credentials to political parties not Nonprofits. The so nonprofits have to stay outside, which is cool. We need people inside and outside, but outside, the deed's are already done. You know what I'm saying? That person's either walked out and they've gotten rejected, or you, we don't know what happened. So being credentialed inside is when you can document it. And you can't talk to voters while you're in there. Do not talk to voters, but what they do. You sign to be a poll observer. You get trained by election lawyers on how to document it. They give you templates on how to write what you see. And then you go and report it to the lawyers who are at the headquarters nearby. So let's say if you're in there and you see some wild shit going on, someone's getting, you know, Taylor Green, whatever, you know, stepping on someone's foot. You can then go document it, go alert the headquarters And then they're able to dispatch a lawyer either to that polling location or call the county office or call the state office, depending on what that situation is. And that's really helpful because one, you can then help people in real time. But two, when you document it, let's say if they have to go and then litigate these election results, which because I have to remind people the Joe Biden campaign, we had three recounts in Georgia during the runoff. And there's a lot of litigation that has to happen. And so when you're a poll observer, everything you're documenting can then will most likely go into a court record. So when these election with these voting rights litigators go into court, they can have physical evidence to show what these people are doing. And I know some people are going to be like, oh, well, Hillary, the courts don't matter. But this is why I'm like voter education, stopping disinformation volunteer to be a poll observer so you can help people in real time and then also help document the evidence needed for people to go to court. All of those tools matter. All of those.
1: I had a, I had a conversation with somebody recently about information and you say disinformation, right? And that's it, huge, but it, there's a difference. I was trying to explain to somebody, there's a difference between disinformation and misinformation. Misinformation means you haven't been educated. You're ignorant. And I hate when people use the word ignorant means stupid. It doesn't mean stupid. It means you just know, just don't know. You
0: just don't know. Right? Yeah.
1: Disinformation is intentional. It's a planted lie. So that that's why education has to come up. And the Internet is beautiful because you don't have to use a middleman. You don't need a teacher. You can take your fingers and go find out anything. That's why in my opinion, if you're a racist now, you want to be. It's wide open for you to find the truth out. You just don't want it. You've accepted what's been taught to you and handed down to you. And there's no link or nothing you're going to click on that's going to change that.
2: But also the algorithms, because here's the other really scary thing. That's the new
1: scary word. That's the that's the boogeyman now. Algorithm is the new Jason.
2: Yes. I've had to tell my brother, you know, my brother, he's a 28 year old black man. And and I'm like, if you look at one conspiracy theorist video on YouTube, it's going to bring you to the next one without you having to click or anything. No, right to it. And the algorithm will just double down. And here, and these white supremacists like, and these militias, like the Steve Bannons in them, they know how to use algorithms. And so you have to also be very intentional. What are they feeding me? Right. So when you go to look something up, just know that that's going to change... <laughs> What you get next.
0: Well, I will say this. I tried to pull up a Republican article and my computer was like, uh-uh, spy. Get out of here, Democrat. <laughs> get out! I tell you, I tried to add it to the article because I was like, I always like to just you know, I, I was like, let me see what they're doing. Let's see what they were up to. And they're like, uh-uh, we know who you, we seen where you've been. Get out of here. Get out of here. It, it blocked me. It wouldn't let me <laughs> in. Saying, Go. I was like.
1: <laughs> Go pick your I president. Know this is, you see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it blocked me. It was like, I'm um, sorry, something's not functioning. There's an error. And I was like, no, I want to see what's going on with you. Like, and then it's interesting, different states, like I was saying this last week, On the podcast, like I was in Michigan and I I was watching Fox News by accident. But it's also like Fox News in certain states is so available and so accessible and in certain hotel chains, too, by the way. You can tell how people and business and corporations want you to vote by how accessible Fox News is to you in the airports this is the other issue with that but also we have to
2: think about paywalls you know so there's i remember there was this one in 2020 we had to have serious conversations with um massive news entities saying hey is there a way where you could get good voting information that is not blocked behind your paywall Like, we're not asking for all your shit to be free because we get it. We get that there's a business model and we live in a capitalistic world. However, New York Times, if you are putting out a voter education guide, can you please not put it behind your paywall? Same thing with, you know, like, I don't know, BET has one. But, you know, like, like, really, like, if there's anything that you can put out for free, please do it. Because most
0: of the good information is being hidden behind paywalls. That's Absolutely. right. Martha's Vineyard flights leave migrant advocates oh, scrambling. God. This is crazy, it's crazy because I was watching this on the news and like the way that DeSantis, I cannot stand him. I hate him, that dude. And the <laughs> Texas governor, you know, like Abbott, like sending and it, it's just so deceptive the way they're doing it. And they try to appear as if they're like, this is America's problem, so America get involved. And it's like, do you not understand that black people can see your hood? You, right. you, it's you, not, the trick is... It's oh, not deceptive. The trick bag.
1: It's to stupid people. Anybody smart would see how, this is ridiculous. How,
0: how could anyone not see the coordination is off? They, they drop these people these are human beings babies children and speaking of ukraine i don't hear of that treatment of the ukrainians of white color not that you know i'm i'm just saying that you don't hear any hesitation when it comes to taking care of white people running for their lives but when there's brown people running for their lives there's this There's all these blocks put up. It's it's just so. um,
1: It's absolutely.
0: After an arduous journey to reach the United States from Venezuela, migrant Israel Garcia thought he'd found safe haven when federal immigration officials said he could stay in the United States while his case was pending. But as he stood outside a migrant shelter in Texas this week, he struggled to navigate where to go and what to do next. Agents had told him he couldn't work. But a man approached him offering a free flight to Washington plus housing and a job. Garcia, 27, a carpenter, was suspicious and he said, to me, it was a false promise. So what are we like? What are you? Is there anything? Is this not your let's remember
2: one care in action? We represent domestic workers a lot. Y'all, the majority of domestic workers are immigrants and undocumented immigrants okay so this does impact our work and it's something that we had to take very seriously one thing i when we this is just the beginning of what we're gonna see as we get closer to the election day but also going into 2024 right absolutely desantis is getting ready to launch his presidential campaign and so one thing our response right now matters the most we have to be disciplined in our response narrative wise, but also I'll get to the point legally. The narrative that we have to say is sh- this is straight up kidnapping and human trafficking, trafficking, period. So we have to use, you know, so when we say, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, you know, us black folks, we always, the first thing we're going to say is what the fuck? This is crazy. This is crazy. But in that same sentence, we have to be like, this is crazy. And then we have to say what it is. This is kidnapping and human trafficking. Point blank. The Republican Party is using human trafficking as a campaign tactic. They are literally putting people's lives at risk, number one. Number two is people have got to be bold in the legal response to this. Because here, here's what sometimes I get, y'all. A lot of people will say legal organizations we're a bipartisan organization and i'm like sure that's great but at some point we have to be honest with the rnc and the republican parties that are paying for this you know we have to make sure that we are treating them and going after them for human trafficking so yeah you want to remain bipartisan cool but we have an obligation to hold people accountable in the court, even though you want to stay out of politics, because this is, this is, this is not business as usual. So one, we need to be on it. The Republican party is using human trafficking as a campaign tactic. And we need all, everyone who, who does human trafficking work, we need them to be bold And go after these campaign tactics, even though they want to appear bipartisan. This is beyond partisan. We're talking about lives.
0: So we need people. Yes, this is not politics. And also, this is an opening to prevent DeSantis from ever running for office. This is this is I think this is a wonderful opening to prevent him from being a candidate. And I and before that uh, Republican website kicked me out. One of the articles I wanted to click on was them telling him, you know, you got to be careful because Florida is not America. They were trying to help him understand how to appeal to the rest, to the whole. I mean, so Fernandez said he plans to install security cameras um, and has instructed staff to be on the lookout for recruiters now. So that's that's also, you know, some active ways
1: it's also labeling, labeling too is an issue. Because if you're not educated, somebody will throw a word at you and we go back to Salem and once they were called witches, you're just gonna burn them with no, no trial or nothing. When we, when black people became um, uprising, and we got guns, you know, now they wanna change the constitution. Now we are communists because Russia at the time was our biggest enemy. So attach them to them and they'll go along with it. This right now happened with immigration. There's two types of people. There's immigrants and there's people seeking asylum. But people don't understand the, the two things. Somebody seeking asylum is here waiting on a court date. It's not somebody that came across across a wall. It's totally different. They're legally here waiting for a, a legal action. But they label up all immigrants and stuff. And then, you know, ignorant white people, they don't care. They don't even care about the labels anyway. But that's good enough for them to go, oh, what? Oh, then lump them in with the... Then they don't know the difference between the two.
0: And we right. also need... Because they don't pay
2: attention. And the other thing that no, we need smart. is we need every state attorney general to say they're not going to allow this bullshit to happen in these states. So for Absolutely. example... we're not seeing it. Right. So we need the prosecutors, the DAs, the attorneys general to all say... Don't bust if them you, don't bust them here, but also if you are an organization that's running human trafficking efforts and you are a registered, and your organization is registered in my county, in my jurisdiction, no I'm going to shut your organization down.
0: Well, here's here's the thing, too. Like, don't bust them here. Kind of like like there's a part of me that's like they do. Like they said, like, ironically, they do need transportation but it's to the right place where they can attend their court date so there needs to be transportation with coordination and and, and I, I mean i'm being a comic here but who doesn't want to go to martha stewart i've always i'm in well, martha's Vineyard. It. you know like i could see getting here and being like i just want to go somewhere you know so it's, that's
1: also the part that they're using against them because i was reading the article and one of the Venezuela immigrants said his court appearance was in California. So he's like, we right. all, goes, how do
0: coordination.
1: So to your point, yeah, they provide the transportation, but they're not providing transportation to California. He got to get there. And then they hope he misses court day. So it becomes illegal. Right. It's all right. tracks and tricks.
2: And that's why the response can't be, don't bring them here. Because one, right. like, no like people need safe haven where they need safe haven but this is why i think it is up to the people who have the legal jurisdiction to shut down organizations that are participating in human trafficking they need to get their operations shut down think of it like as like um like how new york came after the nra because the NRA was doing all kinds of crazy. Like I'm talking like if you are up, op- if you are doing human trafficking op- operations, we are our ethics office. However, it is, is going to come down and shut your organization down so you can not, not do not conduct behavior
0: like this. And they're trying to find the woman, which I that's what that's Who, what Perla? I want to know is Miss Perla. Is that what it her was? Perla. Yeah, Miss Perla, Perla. You know, that's not you her know, real know, name. would she come Perla. up with that name for that name was suspicious. Yeah, I said Perla.
1: So, Miss Perla, is I hear, I said, I don't like that. You said, I said the same thing. Um, Marina, I was like, that Who's name Perla? is some bullshit. Who's Miss Perla? <laughs> this is why I, I love, love black people. Know my we Perla just out there doing that shit. That's Anne. That's, um, that's why I love black people. Just like, is, uh, you know what's funny about the I NRA? Know. Like, a lot of people don't know when the Black Panthers displayed their guns, the NRA went and changed their yes. laws right at the next day. Yes. Soon as we was out there in front of the uh, in front of the uh, courthouse with guns, they was like, oh, no. And we was like, yeah, your, your, your shit says we can have it. They're like, no, we got to change that shit. We ain't meant for those niggas to have no guns now.
0: So we were just talking about how Black people can be hesitant about putting their money because we we saw you know how they love to tell stories about like during defund the police, how some of the organizers were spending the money for homes and and, and miss miss um I forget spending the money allocating it in different ways that I say I don't have a big word like catalyst anymore. You, did you see that, Mike? Oh I, I, man, there, there's
2: criticism of
0: of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you see that that's I was right. like where's my big like, word again where's my where's my, um, new, my
2: catalyst word that there's criticism of mismanagement of
0: <laughs> mismanagement of course, money, that's mismanagement. why people yes. yes.
2: about donating what do
0: you say to someone who hesitates of spending money to support your organization or or, or any of the organizations that you've listed today because you know people yeah. people, will be like mm, how do I know where that money going yep
2: One thing I always want people to remember is there is a full blown attack on Black organizations, specifically Black organizations that are willing to hold any elected official accountable, including Democrats. Okay. So, for example, with the Defund the Police call or demand, that demand triggered a lot of Democrats because you don't have to deal with the legislative process to reallocate funding away from police operations that, you know, um, contribute to police brutality, mass incarceration. Um, You can reallocate that to public education, social services, et cetera. So I'm saying that to say in a lot of these cities, major metropolitan areas that are primarily um, um, represented by progressives and Democrats, they have a very unique ability to reallocate their budget, to pull money away from mass incarceration and give it back to the people. And And for so long, oftentimes the demand was passing an ordinance passing a law doing something and they could look at it and be like well i can't because republican obstruction but when you make it more of a budget issue they can't blame republicans anymore so it actually that demand was specifically designed to go after a certain area that democrats have full control over in their municipality or in their city government. And so with that being said, a lot of times when, so when I read news about Black organization mishandling money, I always first like to think about who is who is pitching that story, right? Because like, I, I always first want to, and I do this for Black people all the time. I always want to know, okay, what is actually happening, happening versus what is what we are seeing? Because a lot of the establishment Democrats were very upset with the defund, the police messaging and and police accountability um, because it was during the 2020 elections and they were worried it was going to cause Biden to lose the campaign. And a lot of people try to blame the defund the police campaign on, uh, on Democrats losing seats in the United States of represent like in the house. Right. And so Democrats go after each other too. And so I always like to say one thing when you're, if you're asked to give money, I want always people to feel very comfortable with who they're giving to. So, for example, if if you're hesitant, but you feel like mm, I do have some money to contribute, maybe then give to um like in Atlanta. There's this really dope place called the Grocery Spot that gives away free groceries three times a week. Like they literally just give away free groceries in this tiny little area. Like give to them, you know. Like give to the organizations that are actually doing mutual aid work, direct giving. Because that because you will then know that's going into the people's pockets. And I and listen, and you and you don't hear me say these big national global organizations like
1: find the food bank in your neighborhood. Didn't I just say that, Marina? And I just said I will give somebody to money them. to eat. Yes, we just said while well, you was out, I said, I'll yes. give somebody money because I can see they're eating. I, I paid for yes. it, as opposed to give them money to eat. And I don't know if somebody ate. Because I just gave money. We just we just said that. Yes,
2: and then and then for organizations like Care and Action. So one thing that we're about to start doing is we're going to start doing direct giving. We're going to give people um, gift cards to buy gas. Um, we're going to do some cool work in North Carolina where um, we're going to go to HBCUs and ask them to vote, but then also give them a gift card to that bookstore on their college campus so they can go get school supplies, um, giving away grocery vouchers. And so I'm going to do that while I do voter outreach, but I'm working in tandem with our comms team. And cause I want the world to see what care in action is actually doing with our funding. Right. And so I, so I, I want the world to be like, oh, if I give $5 to care in action, I can if I go to their Instagram or their Twitter or whatever, I want them to see my team handing out those free book bags, handing out that hundred dollar gas voucher, you know, cause and like cause I know that we need to earn people's trust. Like trust is broken. And and I feel as my obligation to earn that trust back.
1: But I, I think you're just gonna have to people just gonna have to do it because you can make it look like you're using the money properly or not. That's so I, true. Could, I could right. go a couple places and, and show myself giving out a couple of book bags. Meanwhile, 95% of the money I put in my personal account. So that really doesn't say we're doing the right things. So everybody's not going to be sold on that. They be like, of course, that's your literature or that's your video that show you're supposed to be doing. Of course it's going to be, it's not going to show you doing the wrong thing. So I know I just I I like to I like to look at like this money right. So I like to look and I also like to look at it as you can't worry about what the other person does. If you does if you do something out of good faith and it's out of the goodness of your heart, then you let the universe take because the universe knows what you did. You can't worry about it. Somebody somebody take my five dollars and go by crack with it. I didn't I didn't take him to the crack house. He said he was hungry. You know what I'm saying? So the universe will take care of. I did my part. You can't worry about everybody
0: else. Of a woman. Uh, a guy who's doing a test, he says he's standing out. I saw it on Instagram, I guess, because I've just been, you know, at home scrolling. Asking for um, money.
1: And then if they say yes, he's going yeah, up giving them $500. Yeah. And this woman
0: mm. was so nasty. And she was like, no, get your own food. And then when she saw that he gave them money for being so kind, she was like, oh, can I? No. He says, no, no, no. She goes, but my dog is hungry. Now, part of me, because I'm an animal lover, I was like, take care of the dog. Screw her. But she, he was, was like, no. That would have been bad. He goes, no, you showed your true color. You showed who you were. But it was such a good test. Another another trending thing I saw was Republican Jesus on Twitter. It was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen where Republican... It was just all the things that, you know, they claim to be like, you know, Christian and religious and all these things, but they don't take care of people. They don't... You know, it's really a. You gotta see it. I'll send it to you. But it's the funniest thing because they're how they're hypocritical. They're super they really hypocritical.
1: Are. All the things they profess, they don't actually. Actually, all this inclusiveness and everything is not in Christianity.
2: Because he, here's the other advice I have for people who are open to giving money, but are rightfully so questioning whether they should. If the only time you hear from that organization is to fundraise, you're right to think, hmm, what are they actually it's doing? Yeah. So, right. So, for example, another thing that I like working on my team with, I don't want people to just get an email from Care in Action when we're trying to fundraise. I want them to say, hey, we know. So, like, for example, if when we see another abortion, ban happen in a state. A lot of people, and y'all, y'all probably saw this. The backlash was huge to all the organizations that were asking for money. What I would do at Care in Action is say, this abortion ban just happened in this state. And here's what you can do. Number one, like volunteer to, so there's like an abortion hotline where people need like help. Volunteer to do this. Donate $5 to this abortion fund, not Care in Action. (laughs) To this abortion fund that literally all they do is give their money away. You know, like I like to give people action items. That's not just money. But if the only thing you hear on their social media or emails is asking for five, ten dollars, then they maybe be like, hmm
1: It's the same thing, same I, thing as voting to me. That's how a lot of people I think look at voting. Yes. The, the politicians yes. don't come to you till it's election time. Then everybody's yep. at your door and everything. But all after that, and then when, after they get elected, you don't hear from them no more. They're not fulfilling their promises. And that's why I, I think voting is the same way. People feel the same way about it. You only get that. You only this hit me one up when reason, you want me, when you need me.
2: This is one reason why I'm really excited. So at Care Action, we, we prioritize seven states, and South Carolina is one of them. That's
1: my mother and father. And one they, of the reasons... <laughs> Of course, right now, the, <laughs> they're from there.
2: You know, I'm, like I said, every the South, everyone's connected to the South, Absolutely. like it's my it's what we do. And and one reason why I'm so glad that I am able to prioritize through our mission, South Carolina, is because every four years, every Democrat running for president is all up through South Carolina asking for their primary vote. And then they're never there again until four years later. And as a Georgian, like I know firsthand what that feels like. And so my obligation to the state of South Carolina is to be in South Carolina 365 days a week, regardless of the election that's happening, because people in South Carolina deserve annual, year-round investment. And so I have a South Carolina team who is out in the community every weekend doing something to support our people all across that state. Because then, and I wanna build that momentum up and build the people power right now. So when we go to have the presidential primaries again in 2023 and early 2024, our people can be like, now that you're in our space, we need you to come back here if you win the presidential primary. How I want them to have enough power to make demands of these people and have a powerful enough voice to demand that they come back outside of just asking for their vote. Because it's disrespectful. And like this transactional thing, like this transactional
0: strategy we have with voters, it's it's got to stop. It's disrespectful. That's right. Hillary. Thank you, Mike. Both of you. Thank you so much for being a part of this Amazing episode that I am going to probably repost uh, over the holidays and everything just to make sure and during and close to the election. It's just it's it's so crucial. Thank you for teaching me so much. And and if you can tell Stacy that I said hi and that Marina Franklin is is just a fan and pushing for her, pulling for whatever she needs. And then a friend like us for you, too. But Hillary.
1: Care and action dot U.S. Don't yes, forget the no. dot U.S. Am really? I right? Am I right <laughs> Don't here? speak
0: for her. Don't be man uh, Don't be man That's it. not man
1: speaking.
0: Yes, it is. You, man's you get her is, telling.
1: Man speaking is explaining. That's what man speaking
0: is. It, you man, you man. It's, it's so. what I'm doing right now. Explaining it to your it, ass. Say, Tell me, exactly. we ain't got time
1: for this shit. Me and her, we're going to deal with this thing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hollywood. See? You're going to use Hollywood, too. Uh, go, ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. The black
0: man already in trouble. Uh. We heard it. So be quiet. All right, Hillary. All right. So here's what we need. We need everyone
2: to have hope in winning this year. Okay. Like I said, voting is not going to solve everything, but it is a tool that we have to use. And so we need you to go to care, C-A-R-E-N-I-N, action, A-C-T-I-O-N dot nus sign up to volunteer sign up on our loose newsletter list because you're going to start getting critical information to share with your people um and ways that you can support us not just financially but also with your time okay so go to our website sign up get plugged in with our work follow us on social, social media at care in action us on twitter So you can read all about these elections. With friends like us, Black people can be resilient. We can continue to be resilient. So with friends like us, let's show our resiliency to the world.
0: I love it! Thank you so much! It has been an honor. Stay with us, Mike. Tell our listeners where they can find you and your special that you're recording.
1: What's very important that you said is, Number one is you have to believe we can win. And we don't believe we can win a lot of times. So then you hear us go, oh, well, I'm going to vote. That ain't going to happen anyway. Not that that was important that you said that. We have to actually believe, yeah, we can do this. All right? Now, me, I'm going to win on October 2nd, New York Comedy Club. I'm taping my own comedy special. And uh, two shows, 7 and 9.30. So I need everybody to come out and support. Everybody say it's a fair. Go buy a ticket fans buy tickets. People that oh, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna go. And then people don't come out and support. Just like voting, you gotta come out. Right? It don't matter from your house. Come out and support. And
0: Mike is one of the funniest comedians you don't know.
1: Tell him, Marina. Funny, yeah, hey, tra- let me tell at. you
0: something.
1: You, you live you, you in Georgia? You gonna fly it out October 2nd?
0: I'm in Atlanta, but now I'm thinking...
1: Maybe if I need a little comedic break. I'm telling you, Marina, tell her to do it, tell her to do it.
0: Michael Che Show, Michael Che Show on HBO. Mike is in several sketches on that show. He is one of the most hilarious comedians that a lot of people don't know, but they will know. And let me tell you something like that's intentional too. Mike is hands down one of the funniest comics out
1: that's the other part, though. Well, we'll Masa don't that. like Masa don't that's, like how I talk to them don't, okay no, 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 no. <laughs> that's another problem now, <laughs> with friends like us this shit can happen
0: that's right yes and Marina Franklin here just go to my website marinafranklin.com and with friends like us you can bring man the movers the shakers the doers and with friends like us you can have care in action <laughs> <laughs>
1: Check us, check, check us out. out. Right Comfort me.
0: And like a man, my water's flow. The temperature's warm and enough. All control. I got the smell. A simple one. Reflection Bagheart. of the night and the morning sun. And just like go, it's so so pure. It purifies my mind and my spirit's
2: so. eye.